Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself continue our discussion on vocation, talking about the second estate of vocation, the church. Welcome to Being Lutheran. I'm Pastor Brett Bow, and I have with me Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brian Rickey. Yes, welcome to our podcast. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you, listener. And yeah, we don't say that enough. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, I mean, uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you oh. for being a friend. Get some Golden Girls in there. All right, but oh, yeah, it's, man. I look at the stats and. and uh, I, I want to make this clear. It's not about the stats, but I, I have a way of looking at how many people are accessing the files or, you know, even Spotify has been growing incrementally since hmm. we opened up on Spotify. And it's it's just a tremendous blessing to know that there are people out there making use of this material mm-hmm. and that what we're doing is making a difference in people's lives. It's, yeah. it's incredibly humbling because we would be doing this no matter what because we enjoy this so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but we feel that it's important to get this material from the catechism and from the Lutheran confessions out there. Yep. The amount of positive feedback and the amount of people that are listening, most of whom we don't know who you are. You know, mm-hmm. the feedback we have been getting has been great. Even, uh, you know, from time to time, we'll get critical feedback in, in, you know, about things. And we appreciate that. If there's something you didn't like, we want to know about it so that we can figure out what went wrong and how we can fix it. But for the positive feedback, man, thank you. It's, mm-hmm. it's a blessing. It, it, That's right. Not to overuse a cliche, but it warms my heart. Mm-hmm. It really makes me happy when I see that. And, and I've just been, got a couple good friends in the ministry who have been utilizing the podcast in their you know, in their congregations and uh, the feedback we're getting from people like that. It's just, mm-hmm. it boggles my mind. It's great. Yes. It's, it's glorious. I love it. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thank you for yes. listening, for making us a part of your life, however small it might be. We really appreciate it. Even if we're at uh, a time and a half speed. Yeah. If, if, if at some point in time uh, you meet us uh, and we don't sound like chipmunks, right. I apologize. You know, I can pull it out and we can talk like a chipmunk really fast, but uh, <laughs> we don't need to. Uh, but yeah, it's well, if, if we can be a part of your life at 1.5 speed, then we'll be a part of your life at 1.5 yes, speed. <laughs> that's right. Yep, good. And, and you guys keep coming back for more about vocation. Yeah, it's amazing. We're, right. And we keep dishing it out, too. This is the, yeah, I, I think by my count, this is the 79th straight episode on Vocation. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Uh, uh, no, but we're back there again. We're, we're, yes. we're dipping our toes in the pool of vocation. And yeah. man, I look back every time we complete one of these arcs on an area of vocation, I was like, mm-hmm. man, we could have doubled the episode quantity just because we're just scratching the surface. But that's what mm-hmm. great. That's what's so great about the Word of God. It's what's great about the Kingdom of God is you never stop learning no. from the about how it is God wants you to live right. about this world he's put you there's, in. There's count, the truths. countless implications and applications of, of all these truths. You know, we if at some point in time we reached the end of this and just wanted to re-record all the episodes, it would be a completely different thing mm-hmm. and it would still be valuable because yeah. of all there is to learn. Yep. Lots lots to lots to to study and mm-hmm. it's always like that iceberg where we're just getting to the tip of it and there's mm-hmm. so much underneath. Yep. And, yep. <laughs> and that's the, isn't that the beauty of God's word though? That it's an endless 
yeah. sea of learning and yeah. yeah, I don't know, it's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. Let's uh, the hymn, the love of God, where where the sky or scroll oh, and the yes. ocean or ink, yes. uh, mm-hmm. we could not contain the love of God. Or I, I, yeah. I, I really to wish write I the love of God. Yeah, 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 that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I'm not singing it. Yes. But I really wish I had a memory for verses because it's incredible poetry describing yeah. uh, what that truth is. Yeah. Amen. Good. So we're on a an arc here of talking about vocation in the church, the second estate. And uh, today we're in our Old Testament passage. We, as is our custom, we yeah. we, <laughs> we choose uh, have a couple episodes on the topic, and then one on the New Old Testament, one on the New Testament. So today we're going to be hanging out in Ezekiel thirty three. Yeah, it's we get to go back to something we're more comfortable talking about, and that's what pastors owe their congregations. The Bible. Bible. (laughs) Jesus juke. (laughs) Spin move. (laughs) All right. And uh, uh, talking about what's the job description of a pastor? What does it look like? And and we really couldn't come up with a better place in the Old Testament to be talking about this than Ezekiel 33, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite passage passages that I've Hmm. preached on this year because it comes up in... Uh, the three-year lectionary on uh, Series B or Series C this year. I always forget the letter, mm. but I'm preaching Old Testament lessons, and it's like a up. street signs in Wisconsin. Yeah, A A or A Highway CC. Yeah, right. Okay, Sabathia. But yeah, so we get to talk about what we owe our congregations, which is a lot more easy to talk about than what our congregations owe us. Yes, right. That's right. Yep, good. Well, I I think I'll read the passage that we're talking about, Ezekiel 33, 1 through 11. It says, The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, speak to your people and say to them, If I bring the sword upon a land, and the people of the land take a man from among them, and make him their watchman, and if he sees the sword coming upon the land, and blows a trumpet and warns the people, then if anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet does not take warning, and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But if he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, so that the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any one of them, that person is taken away in his iniquity. But his blood I will require as the watchman at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel." Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from his way, that wicked person shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn away, to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, that person shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. And you, son of man, say to the house of Israel, thus you have said, uh, surely our transgressions and our sins are upon us, and we rot away because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? Here ends the reading. Is there a better sermon that you can preach than... I, God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Turn back, turn oh. back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh. And that's why I'm Lutheran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Being Lutheran. But so, even the, so is Ezekiel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even the, the warning and the responsibility mm-hmm. of the watchman. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, you know, I was thinking about as I was, you know, hearing that. And Jason, mm-hmm. you and I have talked about this. And yet mm-hmm. I, I, I tend to 
uh, am called to situations sometimes where I have to I have to use the gift God gave me to confront people in love, and I use it a lot. And I, you know, it's not that I like it; it's not that it's even fun. Mm-hmm. But I, I have to be honest with you. As I was hearing that passage, I'm like, you know, thank you, Lord, for those hard times where you have mm-hmm. moved me to speak the truth and love to people because yeah. it is love. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a doctor delivering, you know, a terminal diagnosis. Mm-hmm. If you lied to that patient, what kind of doctor would you be? And um, that's the hard part of our job. And it's kind of the lonely part of our job. We think about... Um, Oh, the prophet. I I can't even think of his name. That's awfully, this is awful. Elijah? Yes. yes. Gosh, I'm so sorry. That's okay. Um, I'm human, I guess. You know, anyway. You should read the Bible more. I know. Well, my, <laughs> my third son is, is named his name in the proper pronunciation of it. So, But Elijah, even as he had this incredible time of, of proclaiming God's word, and then all of a sudden, you know, Jezebel is like, I'm coming for you. And he ran for the hills, you know he what I'm saying? Tail and, and just, yeah. yeah, but how we all feel that way. And you had talked about your, the four hours after Sunday oh, preaching, mm-hmm. it's kind of that same thing. And please don't think this is easy. If you're a congregation member and your, pre, your pastor preaches a difficult sermon that addresses an issue <laughs> in your congregation, don't think that's easy. And don't think that he likes doing it. But I'm telling you, we are called to do it because of the responsibility we have to God's word. Mm -hmm. I I will say this, and I say it tongue in cheek, and I say it out of good humor. The best cure for someone someone who thinks writing a sermon is easy is to have them write a sermon. (laughs) (laughs) I've actually done that. Oh, you you work for two hours a week, Pastor. How Mm -hmm. hard can it be, right? Oh, my word. But it's it's the, the call. But there's also freedom mm-hmm. for pastors in this path. I mean, yes. this is a, this is yeah. an intense call to be a watchman. Yeah, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. I mean, the responsibility is undeniable. Mm-hmm. Like if you screw this up, mm-hmm. not only your own soul is your responsibility, yeah. but the, those to whom you are preaching. You, you read that, and this is like I get goosebumps, and I'm holding onto the table. I'm like. There, frequently you do not feel cut out for the task. No, mm-hmm. but then you re, you realize that not only is there warning in this, but there's there's freedom, and, and I I'm a pastor who I frequently get writer's block for sermons. I in, in multiple times a year I get in this rut where squeezing a sermon out of me is like squeezing blood from a stone. It's just mm-hmm. not going to come. It's not mm-hmm. going to come. And I get to the point where it's got to be put on paper. I got to get it ready to preach. And the freedom is you say what God's word says. Mm-hmm. Yes. Know, you know, though, though there, there, there's something to be said for saying it artfully, yep. saying it well, organizing mm-hmm. your thoughts, yep. saying it concisely so that, I mean, I think there's a, a vast difference between a 55-minute sermon and a 25-minute sermon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but you say it well, but in the end, you say what God's word says mm-hmm. when you've done your job. Mm-hmm. And that's freeing. That, that That's probably more often than not the truth in scripture that keeps me going as a pastor. Yeah. Yep. Is you get up into the pulpit and if you say what God's word says then you leave the rest to God based on the promises he gives in his word about the Holy Spirit doing that job. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of the times when we as pastors are prone to burnout, and there are several other factors, and I realize it, yeah. is we get tired trying to do the Holy Spirit's job for him mm-hmm. and, and, and letting God 
fulfill the promises of Isaiah 55, mm-hmm. 9 through 11. Yep. The word does not return back void. void. Yeah, and it's my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are higher than your mm-hmm. thoughts. And the word of God does not return to him empty. You preach the word. Yep. And he does the work. Yep. And that's the freedom in that. Passage. And on the flip side of that, we preach the word. And if that person resists mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit through the proclamation of the gospel, yep. that's not on us. So. Right. That's kind of this, the idea of this passage. Yeah. Yeah. The, the watchman is proclaiming. And that's the freedom, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's that's like the free- if, if we're faithful in speaking the truth and love, the mm-hmm. hard thing, you know. Uh, confronting people where we need to confront people, mm-hmm. dealing with things as we do. Once we, we once that leaves our lips, we can be assured that the rest is then up to the Lord. Exactly, mm-hmm. precisely. And and so we look at vocationally as we're we're kind of attacking this passage from yep. that angle. Vocationally yep. speaking, what do, what's the call to be a pastor? It's the twofold call to preach law and gospel. Mm-hmm. That that's what this passage is talking Yay. about. And we preach the law in all mm-hmm. its sternness, yes. But we preach the law in love mm-hmm. as if we're saving souls, which yeah. is, is what the outcome of God's word is. But then on the flip side is we preach the gospel without additives. As you yeah. preach the gospel, that you preach the law in such a way that you're not a hypocrite to say God takes no delight in the death of the wicked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's the hard thing because we look at preaching the law and the law, the, the work of the law is to terrify the conscience, yep. to, to bring someone to repentance. And it, boy, it's easy to preach the law hatefully or, or spitefully mm-hmm. or angrily. But you want to preach the law so that you can call someone to repentance and say, God takes no delight in the death of the wicked mm-hmm. and not be a hypocrite when you say that. And, and, and I, that's probably the best kind of succinct description of being a pastor this passage has to offer. And it's an amazing mm-hmm. responsibility. It's an amazing reality. Mm-hmm. But it's also an amazing privilege and blessing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. You know, yeah. Yep. There's a, th- a certain thrill about it too. Well, it's it's amazing. If I'm a little bit under the weather, mm-hmm. I almost never notice that when I'm preaching. You get kind of mm-hmm. that adrenaline rush yeah. when you're up in the pulpit and, yep. and, and, and God's word is coming out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, if you get that adrenaline rush and you've come into the pulpit with a cold, the crash is even heavier yeah. on the backside of that. But. <laughs> I remember one time after, it was after a funeral, oh. I, was, I was praying for God to give, for, give me strength and I was able to preach the word and and like you said, I didn't sense that I was sick, but immediately after the service, I just ran to the bathroom and yeah. and I was puking my guts out. I mean, but, yeah. <laughs> there are times when I, I go up in the pulpit and, and I have a cold and then like I get home and I slip into a coma and take like mm-hmm. a five hour nap. Yep. And, you know, bless my wife for understanding those times. But yeah, it's, it's those sorts of things. But the, the reality of being a pastor is to preach God's word as God's word is delivered. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and you look at, in, in its cliche, it's old hat to kind of point the gun at the mainline liberal Protestant denominations. But where they have failed, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is the one common denominator yeah. in all of those situations is an abandonment of the word of God in favor of preaching what itching ears want to hear. Right. Yep. Every single time that's the case. Yeah, that's right. Oh. And um, dare I say they're not getting away with anything because God yeah, it's, will, you know, he'll stand before the Lord. It's, it's what, what is it? Psalm 77 or Psalm 90. It's, it's the Psalm of Asaph. Mm-hmm. 
and and it's that you know he he sees how the wicked prosper and he gets jealous and he gets angry about it and then he realizes oh yeah god's still in control mm-hmm. and it it should cause us to mourn more than anything when these denominations abandon or abuse the word of god for the sake of human wisdom it should cause us to mourn and it should anger us mm-hmm. but it's not as if god is weakened it's not as if this jeopardizes god's sovereignty mm-hmm. it's sooner or later that army that the watchman was supposed to prepare the city for is going to show up at the front gates of the castle. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what God says is either the watchman did their jobs or the watchman didn't do their jobs. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so, so when you were preaching this passage a while ago, you mentioned, Jason, that you did that. Uh, did you bring in the idea of being a pastor when you yep. were preaching this? Absolutely. Yeah. I, there, there's a certain way we can approach this from a Christian in culture. Mm-hmm. But I really think... Or in, in times things. Yeah, yeah, in times things. I really think that's overplayed a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, To the extent that Christians are supposed to be witnesses in society as we have opportunity, that's absolutely biblical mm-hmm. concept. But so often we can take a passage like this and, and turn every Christian into a street corner preacher, and that's not the attempt. And I think preaching on a passage like this, it is really, really good to mm-hmm. train our congregations what they should expect from their pastors. Mm-hmm. I, I I consider that sometimes one of the most important things I do as a pastor is to teach my congregation what to expect from their pastor, because there's going to be a time when I'm not the pastor of that congregation. Yep. And and the, you know having a pastor who you somebody know, else will, some other man will be placed in in yeah, that position. And yeah. you know part of the reality of being a pastor is we're all superfluous to what's going on on Sundays. We mm-hmm. are not necessary. God doesn't need mm-hmm. us. He utilizes us, and it's a tremendous blessing and honor, but some other guy can be doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that There's no doubt about that. So telling our congregations what to expect of their pastors, it has fruit now. And then we think about how many Christians right now are trapped in a congregation mm-hmm. where there's pastoral malpractice. And it, it's a big question mm-hmm. is when do you kind of broach the subject of when to leave a congregation. Mm-hmm. I mean, more often than not, Brian and I, especially, and Brett, you've jumped in on too, we, we, we decry consumerism in the church. It's a plague. It's an epidemic. It's, yeah. it's, it's terrible. But there are legitimate times when someone should probably leave a congregation. Mm-hmm. And I think this, this passage kind of speaks to it. It too. does. And I think, it, you know, I'm going to generalize it, but... And you have to kind of determine this, I think, between you and the Lord. If you are being a part of the problem versus being a part of the solution in the congregation, it's time to go. If you are getting in the way of what God is seeking to accomplish, maybe it's even through laziness, mm-hmm. it's time to be, if you're, yeah. as far as a part of integrity goes, it's time for you to ask that question, am I getting in the way? of what God wants to do in his congregation. And if so, am I willing to do what it takes to be a part of the solution or do I need to leave? Mm-hmm. Or maybe maybe it's not possible for you to be a part of the solution. Mm-hmm. I think those are valid questions to ask. And one of the things I will say is I've had a handful of these interactions over the mm-hmm. years, yeah. someone talking to me and the first thing I will say, and, and where they're questioning if they should stay in a church yeah, or leave a church, yeah, they're mm-hmm. upset with their pastor or whatever the case might be. The first, I don't think I have ever counseled anyone to leave a congregation without approaching their pastor first, mm-hmm. and, and and I say this from experience, not a lot of it in this <laughs> situation, but 
you can't fix something mm-hmm. that you don't know is broken. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and you know, there, there. Again, going through seminary, we've we've heard all these horror stories from pastors who had congregation members who wouldn't speak to them because they didn't visit them in the hospital, but then the pastor didn't know they were in the hospital. Yeah, right. You know, yep. Stuff like that. And, yep. and, and that's caricature. What? You're not clairvoyant? You can't yeah. read people's minds? Yeah. That, that's caricature uh, stuff. And, and, and but it happens. It makes for a good straw man and red herring and all of those logical fallacies. But yeah. that happens. But the bigger thing is, let's say something that your pastor does something legitimately that offends you. You, the responsibility, you know, going to this vocational responsibility of pastor and congregation is you need to confront your pastor on that. Let him know, and, and, and not necessarily in a confrontational manner, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, someone says, I don't like my pastor's preaching. He doesn't give me the gospel, whatever. The first thing I've said is, have you talked to him about it? Mm-hmm. Have you have you said, you know, pastor, I really need to be hearing more gospel? and and, give me some know, more cowbell. Yeah, give me this, <laughs> this sermon. What this sermon really needs is more cowbell, Pastor. Uh, I'd love those kind of comments. <laughs> but, but you know, there, it might be a case where he might not know. Yeah, uh, right. Where he he just might not be aware. It might be a case where he's been in a rut and really needs someone to come alongside and pray for him. Uh, but in the end, you know, this is a long way to say. The, uh, a red flag for me is if your pastor refuses to preach the gospel, if your pastor refuses to forgive sins, then you need to run away as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. And again, you can't know that until you approach your pastor and do him the service, the love of asking basically what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you do it in humility. You do it out of love. You do it vocationally. Mm-hmm. But but for me, that is what it comes down to as far as church membership is concerned. Because you go to church for a bevy of reasons, but you go to church to receive the forgiveness of sins because that's the only place, mm-hmm. the only situation where you're going to receive the forgiveness mm-hmm. of sins. All of those other things are built around that core of the absolution. Mm-hmm. That, uh, uh, the, the, the mutual edification of the brethren, the praise, uh, the you know, praise and worship, the music, the, all of the benefits we get from church need to be built around the center core of the forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. And if your pastor refuses to forgive sins by failing to preach the gospel, by applying law where the gospel is needed by refusing to repent. Uh, that is when I would counsel someone to get out of Dodge. Yeah. Yeah. And there's of course a lot more we can say about mm-hmm. this, but that's a good start. Well, there's a lot more context. There's a lot more nuanced and, yep. and generalizations are just that they're general, but yep. without getting into two details, that's where the line is for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, as we wrap it up, I thought it would be really appropriate to end in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Not Ephesians? No. Whoa. I know. <laughs> Ephesians will be offended after you read this. <laughs> I don't think they will. So, because it's all from one God and one spirit. <laughs> That's right. Through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, according to the Father's will. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter Hashtag 5, Trinity. beginning in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. 
Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion on vocation. God bless you and have a great week.